0: Randy and I'm Claire, and you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. This is the last episode in our season, yep, and yep. we're gonna just jump right into some murder. Great, that's Let's what do you're it. here for. Yeah. Okay. So on August sixth, two thousand four, a woman named Denise was living with um a man who went by the name of Cutthroat, and he's kind of a pimp kind of. So he kind of <laughs> Yes. Sorry. So describe to me how you're kind of a pimp. Okay. So he was a drug dealer and he he's like 24 and Denise is uh 16 and she's a runaway oh. and she's living with him. So the kind of a pimp part happens on this evening when he says, "You know what? You need to go make me some money. Go do that." Oh. So that's the kind of a pimp part <laughs>
1: Okay. because okay.
0: I looked it up and it's not like like he is awful. He drug dealer, which isn't inherently awful, but in this case is. Mm-hmm. And then also he sexually and emotionally and physically abused Denise a lot. OK. Um, Like he choked her so severely one time that she passed out. Like so. Oh my God. It's one of those situations where you're like a. You ran away from home, and you are living with. I mean, he's a pimp. I don't know what yeah, else to call him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. So okay. on we're the, on the same page. <laughs> yes. So on this night, also we're in Ma- we're in Nashville, Tennessee. By the way. Okay. On this night, he's like, leave and then come back with money. And being sixteen, Denise is like, okay, sex work. Like that's the only thing she can think of to do. Sure. She goes to this part of town. It's like East Nashville. That's pretty popular for sex work, and just kind of like, stands around and waits for someone to notice her. So a man, a 40-year-old real estate agent named Johnny Allen, approaches and solicits her. And he asks her for $200. She Or no, she asks for $200. He sure. says, I'll give you 100 They settle on 150 <laughs> like, that whole thing. There you go, yeah. Um, so then she gets into his car, and, you know, they're going to have this whole thing. situation. Yeah. I would just like to disclaimer that I don't I don't think sex work is a bad occupation and I don't think that anyone should view it negatively or this as this really stigmatized thing. But in this case, Denise is obviously forced into the situation and that is the case often. And so it's really sad that she had to do it. Obviously, it's not like she's excited about it or wants to do it. Not right. that not that anyone's like pumped about it ever, but, no, but um, like people, sometimes it's a necessity and women yeah. are strong and they get through it and they do it. And it's to support themselves or their families. And it's a really respectable thing. Absolutely. And I think
1: the time when um, sex works becomes, you know, not a good thing is through sex trafficking Mm
0: -hmm. and which is obviously um, this
1: yes which is clearly to a different degree obviously than some other things um but yeah what do you mean i mean like sex trafficking sometimes they lock women up in in cages in the basement and they make them go out all the time and this is is like well yeah so there's like like, sex trafficking
0: rings yes and then there's like sex trafficking in the basic sense is that you transport someone to a place for sex yeah. so if anyone picks anyone up on the side of the road drives them somewhere to have sex with them that they're being sex trafficked but I get what yes. you're saying that's new for me so, so yeah you're thinking yeah. Of, of like taken kind of things. yes okay. exactly that happens so yes. she gets in his car and he is like are you hungry and she's like yes and so he <laughs> takes her to Sonic they get some food Um, and I think he, he assumed that she was homeless which is so why he offered to get her food They get food at Sonic and then Denise is like, let's go to this nearby hotel. Like there's a hotel right here. And he's like, no, let's go to my house because no one's there and we'll have more privacy, which is kind of creepy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I would, if I were to be, if I were in the position of a sex worker, I would probably prefer a secondary location just to like, you know, (laughs) sort of like just be separated out from both your life and their life and just one location where you don't have to do anything other than the
0: thing and then leave. Totally. And you're also, if you're in a hotel, there's people around you if something goes south, which I feel like that is like the most terrifying thing about sex work, which makes me respect them so much is that they don't know if they're going to someone's house to get murdered or not. I mean, because we have the Long Island serial killer who comes about actually about five years after this or so, who strictly murdered sex workers I think that there's just this level of s- danger to the to the job which is oh, terrifying think, yeah there'
1: absolutely is and so
0: I I just think about how Garrett she probably was when he was like no let's go back to my house where no one is yeah but not about that yeah but she didn't love the idea but she needed to bring money back. So right. she, and she's kind of trapped in this situation that's really not uncommon for victims of abuse to have this like kind of narrow, like, I just need to get money because that's what that's this what guy told, told me to, me to do. do. That's yeah. what I have to do. So she's getting her job done. Absolutely. So, yeah. So they go to his house, and while they're driving there, Johnny starts telling her all about his accomplishments in the army, um, tells her that he's a really good shooter, which is creepy. And then he says that, like, he's kind of this well-known guy in Nashville and that a lot of women want him for his money, but that he wants someone who will make love to him with desire. Okay. So. Okay, Johnny. Johnny's a Chill out. (laughs) Gross. Ew. Yeah. The word desire is just. Is weird. It's not the right word for that. Anyway. So they get to his house and. So Johnny, like, shows her to the dinner table where she, like, eats her Sonic. And while she's eating, he shows her three guns. He's mm-hmm. like, look at my cool guns. And two of them are, like, really big rifles and one's a smaller gun. Denise is, like, really smart and very perceptive. I don't know if that comes from her just being really naturally intelligent or from her experiences in life where she like has to be like on her toes all the time or probably both is what it is. Nature and nurture. But she notices him put the two rifles away, but she doesn't see what he does with the smaller gun. Creepy. So she's like on Uh, edge, a little nervous. But then she remembers that she has a gun in her purse because as a sex worker, You're probably gonna have some form of protection with you, yeah.
1: To whatever ever degree that level of protection may be, whether it's like
0: a knife or pepper spray or a firearm, if necessary. And it was just she had a small gun in her purse. That's what she had, and she had yeah a little twenty-two pistol. um, I think it was like a forty-caliber gun, like but still small. I don't know anything about guns. (laughs) I read forty-caliber, cool. Yeah, so um, <laughs> she had bought it off of someone on the streets a couple of weeks back, and she just kind of knew that this is where that relationship was going with Cutthroat, and figured she better have some sort of protection just in case this happened, which it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's like choking her and assaulting yes. her all the time I and don't raping like her.
1: Either of these people, no. Cutthroat or Johnny, they just both seem. Yeah, sh-y. sorry, they are.
0: <laughs> but, so. Yeah she is like, you know what? I have protection myself. I'll just keep my bag nearby. Like, I have to do this. That's actually probably a smart idea to not draw attention
1: to the fact that you've noticed, but at least you noticed yourself. Oh, yeah. She's super smart. And then she's like, okay, clocking that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's very, very intelligent. And I mean, I just keep thinking of Lisk. So if you don't know who that is, I suggest looking up the Long Island serial killer. It's a really Mm -hmm. interesting case. I don't know. Maybe we'll cover it on a later episode look it up if you're interested yeah absolutely okay so she notices this whatever so they kind of hang out for a while like watch tv because i mean he wants to be desired and it's to him i think it's more of like come to my house and like pay attention to me and yeah and other like, than just the sex be a pseudo girlfriend for a minute and then yeah, yeah weird build so up or whatever they do that and then they are in his bed and um, eventually and he tries like touching her. I think she uses the word stroke. I'm not really sure and then but she's kind of like not like reciprocating it. So then all of a sudden he like grabs the inside of her leg like this like really hard mm-hmm. and like gives her just a very intense look and it like freaks her out because he's gone from like stroking her, which I don't so, like really know what she means by that. I'm I'm assuming just like touching her to that like all of a sudden. Yes. And she like like chills go up all, all over her body yeah. and she is freaked out and he um so they're in bed facing each other. Mm-hmm. So he does the the weird look thing and then he reaches away from her over the bed like to his side of the bed so his back is now facing her and he's reaching to the side and under the bed and she like doesn't know what's going on but she assumes he's reaching for that small gun that she doesn't know where it is. Yes. And he's like doing it long enough to where she like has these thoughts, you know, it's not not super quick. Long and lingering. Yeah, like he's looking for something. And Uh so she is like, I'm not going to wait to see what that is. (laughs) Yeah, probably a good idea. (laughs) So she gets her gun and in the heat of the moment really built up this fear that she's kind of had all night, not to mention like, the amount of psychological issues she probably has from being abused and assaulted repeatedly, all that kind of like comes together in her head and she shoots him in the back of the head. The oh bullet God. goes through his, like, through the back of his head and out the front and he dies instantly. Whoa. <laughs> Which I think that when you think about that, it seems a little rash, but then at the same time, it's like, Okay, well, what if he was reaching for a gun and then he turns around and shoots her? Then we're going to be like, oh, well, why didn't she shoot him? Yeah, exactly. We'd be
1: having a different conversation. Yeah, yeah,
0: so she totally, I think, took the right precaution and she looked out for herself and she got out of the situation. But at the same time, was he reaching for a gun? I don't know. It's a whole discussion. We're going to have it in a little bit. I have a... Questions for you later But Okay, okay. So, this, so I won't put My two cents yet No wait I have okay. a spot for you Okay so She Then Remembers That she has to Come back with money Like she mm-hmm. ha- You know So she takes His wallet Which has $172, $172 In it mm-hmm. And she takes The two like Rifles Cause she's gonna like Pawn them or something mm-hmm. And Before she leaves She calls 911 Anonymously On his cell phone And then she like Leaves. Hightails it out of there. Barks it, yeah. So police find him dead. They respond to the 911 phone call. And the investigation isn't really an investigation. I mean, there's like, she's seen in his car yeah. the whole night on on video footage and all, the, like, all this other stuff. So it's not really an investigation. They know, pretty much figure out who does it, who did it yeah. pretty quickly. And I don't even really want to talk about it because it's not that interesting. Sure. So... They charge her with first-degree murder, felony murder, and aggravated robbery. There's a trial. Okay. But before I tell you the outcome, now I have my questions for you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, first, pretend you're the jury. Okay. The defense presents the case that Destiny is, I mean, sorry, Denise, is a victim of sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. which, yes, and that she killed Johnny in self-defense because she believed he was going to kill her. They also point out some sort of sketchy things that the detectives did. For example, they allege that they didn't fully Mirandize her, um, which is a contested point. And they just kind of like, Paint the picture that the whole system really took advantage of a sex trafficking victim. Yeah. So that's their case. Sure. And then the prosecution paints her as a really vindictive sex worker who just was there. Um, her whole motive for killing him was robbery. And which I'm like, she only took like three things. Yes. But so anyways, you're the jury. What is your verdict? And give me your thoughts on just everything up till now. Okay. So
1: since I'm gonna be myself as a jury member. Yes. If that's okay. Okay, so who else would I want you I to be? <laughs> well, I don't know. I could possibly imagine that like someone who who like me maybe like six years ago thought, you know, sex workers always saw them in such a negative light, I may have had a completely different opinion on what happened. Um Do you but- mean like like, I probably would have seen her as... Six years ago,
0: as in, like, because times are different now, or what? No,
1: it, I'm different. Like Oh, uh, yeah, okay, no. okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, didn't clarify. But, yeah, like, you know, I was in high school. I was, you know, very sheltered kid. Um, didn't really understand the weird ways of the world. Um, and now, as an adult who talks about murder all the time, it's a little different. Okay, I see <laughs> um, what you're saying now. Yeah, so... Um, as myself, as a jury member, I would probably vote for the de- for the defense. I would probably find her to be innocent. I wouldn't charge her with first degree, considering the situation. Um, obviously, she didn't go there with the intent to actually kill this person. That was not her original reason for going there. Yeah. And um, that alone in itself should make the murder charge second well, degree. Well, the
0: prosecution was saying that it's first degree because their theory of the case is that she sought out someone specifically to go back to their home okay, with the intention of having sex then to then kill and rob them. Oh, so that's their, that's their premeditation theory is okay. that the whole night was premeditated. She only intended to rob someone. She waited for someone to pick her up. Oh, you know, well, if they m- presented it like that, I might be convinced in favor of the prosecution
1: because again she's in this really terrible situation lives with this guy named Cutthroat or whatever his real yeah. name is and um i'm assuming that's a pseudonym it's also spelled with a k which makes it cool <laughs> ooh wow cutthroat with a k wow he's so badass and gross i don't i don't <laughs> even care um yeah i don't know i yeah, I would I would probably be more swayed if they argued it like that and then seeing her entire background, she's a runaway, dealing with all of that, but at the same time, I would also sympathize with her as a female who is only 16 has to carry around a weapon because of the line of work that she's in. And
0: this is her first night doing this, right? Um officially in this sense, yes, like she okay. has been um, like raped in the past, I I believe in a situation in which like cutthroat got money out of like her having sex with people, but okay. it was more of an arranged situation. So I think that's yeah. her first time finding her own client, is what I'm saying. Interesting. Hmm,
1: that's a difficult one to decide on. I would need like a couple hours to deliberate. Right, <laughs> I think just because but you see so... points on both sides. Yes, there's so many extraneous situations and so many different variables that tie into it. And um I always want, I don't know. I'm an advocate for women and I always think that I want to take things from their perspective and if she felt threatened, I don't blame her for especially because out her he weapon.
0: solicited her for sex. Yes. It's like don't solicit people for sex if you don't want to like, you know, risk, risk violence. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I mean you're going to creep them out and scare them. And also she's this like victim of multiple rapes and assaults of various kinds and Mm -hmm. that definitely you know has to like mess with your head and make you paranoid yes that yes and
1: um I mean the whole point of advocating for gun policies is to allow for people to have access to firearms in dangerous situations so that's also something that I would be like I'm actually kind of glad that she had a weapon on hand, even though I'm not a big proponent of that. Right. Um, but still, I... Band-aid on the fact that yes. she has to be a sex worker. <laughs> yes, <too. laughs> exactly. There's so many um, issues. There's just so many and so many different things that could sway different jury members in one direction right. or another. So for me, I would probably, if I had to pick, I would probably say... I would
0: side on the defense. I think. I think. I definitely would. Her yeah. being a sex worker, and him soliciting her at sixteen.
1: Yes, that's the age just, is something that is very pertinent. I think.
0: Right, and she's like, so young. Just soliciting someone for sex in general doesn't make you like deserve to be murdered. But I think considering the fact that she's in this situation where he's like intimidating her by showing her his guns. Like, what's the intention of that if it's not to, like, scare the s*** out of you?
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, it's different than, like, look at my trophies. It's, like, showing someone a firearm to be impressive is actually kind of terrifying if you're not comfortable around that person. And I
0: don't think that the intention was to be impressive. I think it was to scare her. I think it
1: was to scare her or to threaten her. I'm not sure. Either way. But I'm, like, that is a huge
0: part of it as well. Um, And I believe her whole story. Me too. Always believe survivors. Yes. So second question. Yes. So Denise is 16, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so they have the trial. I'm not going to tell you the outcome yet. But okay. there was also a question of whether to try her as a juvenile or as an adult. So she had a transfer hearing, which is a hearing where a judge determines whether you're going to be transferred into the adult court system. Mm-hmm. So I'm my eventual question is going to be whether you think she should, but let me briefly explain juvenile transfers. Juvenile transfers are based on the belief that basically like juveniles can't some juveniles who've committed serious and violent offenses can't be sufficiently punished in juvenile court. Because the punishments are so much less severe in juvenile court Mm -hmm. and that they can't be helped by the rehabilitative efforts of the juvenile justice system, which juvenile justice is very um, retribution and restorative focused as opposed to punishment. There definitely are punishments in juvenile justice. Yes. Which, by the way, here in Fort Collins, we have a really great juvenile justice system. That's not the case everywhere, so... Anyway, so that's a juvenile transfer. They can be done through three different m- means. Um, You can have a prosecutorial direct file where the DA just decides to file it in adult court. And then that file is either their filing of the charges is either accepted or denied. Mm-hmm. And then so that's. One way you can also have um, someone can be transferred through statutory exclusion, which are laws in different states where you are automatically filed in adult court if you did X, Y or Z. So it varies by state statute. Usually it'll be like if you if you're charged with murder, kidnap or rape in states that have those statutes, you're automatically filed into the adult system. Mm -hmm. But then the way that it happens in most cases, because it can happen like. Even if all of these three things are possibility, usually it happens through a um, what's the term I'm trying to think of? Sorry, I don't remember. Okay, um, juvenile ju- judicial waiver. There we go. Yeah. Okay, which is where. Um, sorry, I'm trying to remember. I took a juvenile court. Like juvenile delinquency class last semester. So I'm trying to like remember all these terms remember and sound smart.
1: Can you tell she wants to be a lawyer? <laughs> Can anyone tell except for me? No. It'll okay. be so fun.
0: <laughs> so I also really love juvenile law mm-hmm. and totally would be a guardian ad litem, like nobody's business, but that's yeah. a choice for later. So I could see you doing that in <laughs> a discussion for another time. Another time in a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So with a judicial, um, just waiver. waiver good lord <laughs> that's when you have a hearing where a judge decides whether to try you as a juvenile or as an adult okay there's gotcha. testimony there's not a jury obviously it's just the judge and there's like testimony there's examinations there's evidence kind of like think grand jury kind of okay but it's just the judge okay yeah gotcha so that's what happens in this case and so do you think that she should have been tried as an adult or a juvenile based on her age of 16 and the crime of murder. Mm. See, okay, so
1: I hearken back to the lovely Ed Kemper episode where he was actually... He he was Mm -hmm. also tried as a... As a juvenile, he was put yeah. through ju- juvenile court despite the fact that he killed his grandparents. Right, and um, I think that based off of that, and that was California back when all of these crazy things were happening. Um, do I guess what I think? No, she what do you, you? what do you want? Well, I would rather try her as a juvenile, considering she's a considering she's a runaway, um, and then maybe put her through a rehabilitation process. Um, and then move her life into a better position, at least that's what I would want. Right. Because of, I mean, like, due to all of the circumstances in this case, obviously this girl is troubled and she needs help. And that's what I would advocate for. Um, so, yeah, if I was a judge sitting and listening to everything that you have just told me, I would be persuaded to probably try her in a juvenile court.
0: Okay. And what do you think happened? should they probably put her in an adult court. They probably moved her into the... Adult system? Yeah. See, so I'm with you that I, I'm always a proponent of trying as a juvenile because the argument against it is that they can't be sufficiently punished in the juvenile system. But the argument for it is that a juvenile's brain hasn't even developed to the point where they can consciously make good decisions. Like, why right. are we—we we can't hold the same standard to a juvenile whose life experiences are ne- nowhere near the where they should be to be able to determine whether or not to commit a certain crime— and also. Exactly. And it shouldn't be like, we shouldn't try a juvenile
1: for murder when the murder was something like this. Whereas in Ed Kemper's case, it's a little bit different. Um, and I would have taken a different opinion on well, that. Well, in but- Ed
0: Kemper's, I still, I'm still an advocate for trying as a juvenile because all of mm-hmm. his experiences up until that point informed his decision to murder his grandparents, which were being locked in a basement by his abusive mom. So it's like when that you, is you know, true, when you're yes. a kid and your brain hasn't fully developed, all of your decisions are based on the trauma you experience mm-hmm. or the even just things you've been exposed to, like how you perceive other people dealing with with stressful or scary situations and what you see as right. That's only informed by the by your surroundings. True. And a- yeah. like <laughs> punishing a child who
1: is already influenced by great tragedy is going to further implement them and their brain development. And we, we see that with Ed Kemper as he is subjected to extreme punishment. Um, And not that like our judicial system lays out extreme, extreme punishment. We're not hanging people by their thumbs from the wall anymore. Um, But still, I mean, isolation, um that was like just, the grossest thing ever. i know i'm sorry, sorry. Where did that
0: i love that you that was like the example you thought of i'm well, sorry you go know, on. like when i think about extreme punishment that's yeah. what i think about is like people hanging people from hey, their thumbs yeah okay. gotcha is that weird i know where your mind is no i always think of i always think of like reservoir dogs cutting an ear off so oh gross yeah that too that's terrible yeah. Ugh. I do like it. <laughs> That song anyway. is ruined for me. The stuck in the middle with you. That oh, song, yeah. I Ugh. can't listen to it without thinking of someone's ear getting yeah. cut off. I've only seen that one
1: scene from Reservoir Dogs. I've never actually watched that movie. Why
0: did you see that? Okay, whoa! Well, explain know.
1: to me the context in which you were like, I need to watch this one scene. <laughs> no, I think it was in like one of those like Mo- Mr. Mojo videos. You know, They're like the ones that are like top five romantic comedies, and then they do bits from that is not each. a
0: romantic comedy
1: <laughs> well no I was just using an example okay, to describe. Okay, yes you. they're video listicles okay. and I think it was in one of those but um yeah I mean where was that going at Kemper. So, okay yes so I can see where you're coming from and still trying him in a juvenile court I would also still do that but his rehabilitation would have to be a much more intense process than say yeah. Um,
0: Someone who's just self-defense. Yes. And also, there's kind of an argument. I I think there's an actual title for this argument or theory, but I don't know what it is, where the more you're exposed to criminals. So, like, there's a reason why in juvenile court or in all court, really, they separate the low-level offenders from the very violent offenders because Mm – The more you're exposed to that, the more you're going to be susceptible to it. So there's an argument in juvenile court for like these kids are still developing and their brains are still being molded by their experiences. So let's not make those experiences prison. So we have a trial and it's in either juvenile or adult court. So in part two, I'm going to tell you where and what happened. Wonderful. So (laughs) thanks thanks for listening. listening. Bye. Bye. Some hard-ass questions.